Hey, welcome back to the C3 Podcast. This is John McKinley, your host, and this week, Pastor Robin is wrapping up our series, A Year to Thrive. Here's a short clip of that. And by his glorious power, we are more than conquerors with him. In fact, we are co-heirs with Christ in God's kingdom, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We know battles we win allow us to steward the rewards entrusted to us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like, go to c3potstown.com and plan a visit to join us in person next Sunday. Last week, we talked about creating a legacy that endures. That investing in eternal treasures is what our life here on earth is all about. Your value is not about what you accumulate. It's how you use your time, your talent, your attention, and your treasure. It's leaving a righteous legacy for future generations. And that means our stewardship includes our most precious blessing, our children. And the, the younger generations following in our footsteps, our children will inherit what we invest in our generation. Proverbs tells us this, good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren. God empowers us to slay giants in order to move forward and to attain the goal he has set for us. As we've seen through the messages that I preached, the battle belongs to the Lord. And we simply have to trust him and seize the opportunities to thrive that we've been given. We do this as torchbearers, illuminating the future for our children and for their children and for all generations following us. You know, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. We want him to come back today. But it might, still might be generations until he comes back. So what we do today is valuable for those generations. Everything you do right now has a direct consequence on everyone behind us. And we can set the table for them to thrive as well as create, a, or we can also set obstacles for them that they would have to overcome. So let's not do that. Thrivers are committed to fighting giants. They're committed to find fighting giants to clear the path for their children later. Thrivers know that God has already conquered, that Christ enables us to be more than conquerors, and that the Holy Spirit empowers us to create an eternal legacy. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Yeah, do we believe the words of Jesus? Yeah, to go along with that song, yes I do, huh? Yeah, he has defeated death once and for all. And by his glorious power, we are more than conquerors with him. In fact, we are co-heirs with Christ in God's kingdom. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, we know battles we win allow us to steward this, uh, the rewards entrusted to us. So when we talk about inheritances, 
We normally think of material things. But more importantly, we will also leave a spiritual inheritance for them as well. They're going to face the consequences or the rewards of the battles we fight as as well as the ones we choose to avoid. Either way, our children are not going to inherit our sins. Let me say that again. They are not going to inherit your sins. Our children will inherit our blessings. They might learn from your sins, but here's what we have the assurance of. It's way back in Isaiah written. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God created families for a reason. Because of families, we have the ability to influence, to mold, to mentor our children and our grandchildren alike and and anyone else who follows along. They inherit our blessings. Listen to what the psalmist says. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. Do you realize that a key part of your spiritual legacy is your testimony? You know how much weight your testimony carries? It carries a lot. Your story of how God has delivered you and empowered you to triumph over all the giants and the obstacles and the oppressors in your life. An example of a a testimony that has been passed down for generations is Passover. But before I get to that, if 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 you're on Facebook, go to the prayer page because Linda posted a great testimony of a giant obstacle that was in her life and God has delivered her from that. You need to read her testimony. It's on the prayer page on uh, Calvary's uh, Facebook. All right, so in the Bible, Passover, it's celebrated even to this day as recognizing the protection God granted his people when the angel of death descended upon their captivity, during their captivity. The death angel went over their homes because of what? The blood, the blood. We too are called to be storytellers who pass down the stories of our journey of faith from one generation to the next. What has God done in your life? Tell someone. What is God doing in your life or your family's life? Make sure your kids know. We're called to be storytellers who pass those stories down. Listen to what it says in Joel. It says, tell your children about it in the years to come. Let your children tell their children. Pass the story from generation to generation. Through our words and deeds of redemption, we create monuments to the Lord's power and goodness. When Joshua led the nation of Israel across the river, you know the river that God, it was in flood stage, and God made it possible for them to walk across on dry ground. Well, they picked up stones, 12, one for each 
tribe. And Joshua says, we're going to gather these stones up. And then in chapter 4, it says, we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Hallelujah. Are you gathering stones, spiritual stones in your life? Are you making a monument so your children can say, wow, how did that happen? What happened there? And you can give the testimony of what God is doing in your life. Spoils of battles, tools of survival, trophies of grace. They stand to remind us and our descendants how far God has brought us. You know, right after the writer of Hebrews wrote chapter 11. You know what chapter 11 is in Hebrews. It's the faith chapter talks about all these people, named people and unnamed people who were people of faith. And then the very first verse in chapter 12 says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We become part of that crowd of witnesses, friends. Crowd of witnesses to generations that follow us. Now I'm starting your notes now if you'd like to follow along with your notes. Our first point is walls become bridges. Our walls become our children's bridges. I understand it's, it's not always easy to believe this in the midst of trials, in the midst of turmoil, you know, in the midst of, of when we're having a tantrum because of what's going on in our lives. Many people have the perception that their children's inheritance is in danger with everything that's going on around us. Maybe you're one of them. Especially what's going on with the economy, causing financial distress, the uncertainty of, of the future. Many have wondered if all that they've worked for, all the giants they've slain, if it's all been in vain. Well, let me tell you, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Our children walk upon the ruins, what we bring down in our generation. Our walls become their bridges. Think about that for a moment. Hallelujah. Listen to what Isaiah says. But the Lord says the captives of warriors will be released and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. For I will fight those who fight you and I will save your children. The battles we're fighting, both internally and externally, they become the stepping stones to thriving for future generations uh, a favorite promise in the scripture reassures us it's in psalm 37 once i was young and now i'm old yet i have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread hallelujah hallelujah for those who love and serve the lord our legacy, legacy will endure. 
God who provided manna in the desert for the children of Israel will provide bread for his children passing through the desert in the 21st century. Our children will never have to beg. They will never be forsaken. See, God created our offspring and others we're privileged to influence with our lives for specific purposes, just as surely as he designed us for our divine atten- uh, d- destiny. Our children are, are filled with divine purpose. Remind yourself that God knew them, God knew your children before you did. Psalmist tells us, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Nothing, friends, nothing is a mistake or an error in judgment on God's part. Maybe you were told that when you were growing up. Maybe you watching online were told you were nothing but a mistake. I want to tell you something right now. None of us were a mistake. None of us were an error in God's view. God created each of us for his glory, for his purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No matter what you think you're lacking or worried your children may suffer, rest assured. God is in control. Now, the second point, major point we have here this morning is ready, aim, praise him. I'll tell you more about that, what that means later. No matter how diligent your faith or how closely you walk to the Lord, sometimes, I understand this because I go through it too, sometimes battle fatigue catches up with us, doesn't it? Yeah. When all the news you read and all the headlines you see and all the sound bites you hear drip with toxic fear of bad news and worse predictions, it's time to remember you're more than a one stone believer. (laughs) Hallelujah. You're more than a one stone believer. You may be tired by the battles you're fighting every day and yet... The giants keep leaping out at you. You may be exhausted by what's required of you to simply keep your head above water and to hold on to the hands of your loved ones. But take heart, my friend, because you've got everything you need to keep thriving. And we're going to conclude this series um, of what it means to thrive and not just survive where we began the first message. Maybe you don't remember because it was back in January when we started this series. We started with a young shepherd boy, his name was David, who took on the impossible 
I cannot emphasize enough to you the sheer incomprehensible certainty of that day on the battle line between the Philistines and the Israelites. You see, before the battle even started, Goliath had won, and he knew it. David's brothers knew it. All the other soldiers knew it. Saul himself knew it. They were terrified. And and they were certain of their defeat. That the battle was going to go to the Philistine side. David, however, was certain that the battle belonged to the Lord. He wouldn't take no for an answer. He would not be dissuaded by the pitying looks and the angry taunts. He would not be deterred by his lack of experience or training or weaponry. But he had faith and was certain the Lord was with him. He knew that Goliath could not be allowed to continue mocking the God, his God, and belittling the faith of David's people. So after trying on David's armor, remember what he said? Something like this, thanks but no thanks. David did what he needed to do. He recalled how God had helped him defeat the bears and the lions. And he went with what he had. He went with a shepherd's staff and a slingshot. The only thing he used from his surroundings were five smooth stones. He gathered from a nearby brook. Did you ever wonder why five I used to tell people because Goliath might have had five or four other brothers. But you know, that was, but, but it kind of goes with, with what I read about this and I'm gonna share it with you. Why he chose five? It's simple. He prepared for more than just one fight. Too often we fall into the trap of seeing ourselves as one stone Christians. We think that yes, God has brought me, brought us through so many hard times before, but this time's different. Or we might be saying, yes, he empowered us to defeat some impossible giants along the way, but not the one that's standing in front of me right now. Or we'll say, yes, the Lord has always provided what we've needed when we needed it, but apparently not this time. If that sounds like thinking you struggle to overcome, then check your spirit, my friend. Because you are equipped for more than one Goliath. David had five stones. He wasn't concerned about missing Goliath with the first stone. He was ready for more. He was ready for more. You have the limitless resources of an almighty God. You have uh, more than just one stone. You're not anointed to knock down only one giant. You have enough stones to knock down every giant that comes your, your way. That giant in your family, it's coming down. The stone you have for the giant in your health. You have a stone for the giant of your finances. You have a stone for the giant in your past. The one for your present. And the ones that are coming up in your future. 
You have a stone for every giant that would dare to rise up against your children and against your children's children. You should never be afraid to run out of stones. Why? Because you know where to find the brook. As long as you know where the brook is located, you will never run out of stones. As long as you know that the presence of God is there in his fullness of joy and there is grace and mercy and victory, you will never run out of stones. God provides for each generation the necessary weapons to defeat the enemy. Think about it. Jacob had a ladder. Joseph had a robe. Moses had a rod. Joshua had a shout. Gideon had a sword. Elijah had a mantle. And David had a stone. What do you have? <laughs> His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As you thrive in the power of the Holy Spirit, I challenge you to prophesy before you fight Speak into the darkness before you attack it. You know, America's military strategy always includes the Air Force with a strategic goal of attacking from the high places. First, in order to do as much damage as possible so when the ground forces came in, it would be a little safer for them. Your biblically substantiated, Christ-centered, spirit-empowered declaration is prophetically the air assault on your enemies. David released a stone and God honed it in on Goliath's forehead for the kill. Simply stated, your job is to release that stone God has placed in your hands. Let the Lord to determine where it lands. Stop worrying about what happens after you release it. Your job is to take what God has provided, aim it, and release it. God will direct it in its dest proper destination. As you grow in faith, as you experience more fully the power of the Holy Spirit, as you become more like Christ, your aim gets better. Hallelujah. So you go from surviving to thriving, to releasing the spiritual power inside of you to advance Christ's kingdom outside of you. Our prayer for you is that you will know the fullness of who you are, whom you serve, where you're going, what you're doing. Simply put, that you will thrive. Hallelujah. Because when you thrive, my friends, then you're right in the middle of God's purposes for your life. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit and you're experiencing the joy and the peace and the contentment that can only come from doing God's will. So as you celebrate thriving in the power of the Lord, there's no better psalm or song to sing than the psalm 150. I'd like for you to stand with me. You can read it with me if you want. It'll be on the board. Or you can just listen to it. Psalm 150 says, Praise the Lord. P praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. 
Praise his unequal greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with the clash of the cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Stay on your feet if you will, okay? I wonder if David, when he wrote that psalm, he wrote it after he slayed Goliath. I mean, he certainly could have. And you will have your own psalms of praise to shout before God as you no longer uh, settle for just surviving. Instead, experience the power of thriving. No matter where you are right now, no matter what's going on around you, you can choose to praise God and thrive. Now, I said at the beginning of this point, ready, aim, praise him. That's what we're going to do right now, friends. Ready, aim, praise him. If you're breathing this morning, praise him. If you've made it this far, then praise him. If you've survived the storm, then praise him. If you've overcome, if you're overcome by the blood of the lamb, then praise him. If the Lord is your shepherd, then praise him. If nothing can separate you from his love, then praise him. If you are more than a conqueror, then praise him. If you're living a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring life, then praise him because you are no longer just surviving. You are thriving. Lift up your hands this morning. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially to spread the gospel further, please go to c3outlet.com give. Have a great week.